0: Hello, everyone. My name is Lucas Ingle. I'm a sophomore here at UNCSA in the saxophone studio, and this is the first episode of Opening the Jar, UNCSA Conversations. Today's first guests are Jabari Elzi, a high school senior in the drama program, and Davin Shim, a senior cellist, and today they'll be discussing their new sketch show, Panda.
1: I thought we were going we introduce ourselves.
0: Well, you know, just a little little something in the start, but yeah, let's, let's hear
1: uh, hello, my
2: name is Davin Shim I'm a high school senior I play the cello here at UNCSA <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm a co-creator of the sketch comedy show Panda On YouTube We have like 35 entire subscribers So 41. I think Oh, 41, 41. So we're, uh, we're kind of like the next big thing
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is Jabari uh, Young psych symbol LZ um, Lucas already stated my credentials uh, Thank you for that um two thirds of Panda. Alex Thornburg cannot be with us today because he does not go to the school. Uh, yeah, I act and I write, so yeah.
0: Thank you guys, so I guess first what we want to start with is just why UNCSA? Uh, you know, what came across your mind? You know, what came up on your internet feed? Like why did you pick this place?
1: Well, I'll go with my story first, I think my story, yeah. all right. Um, I think, well I, I had a friend that went here last year uh, and I I remember hearing about her experience and everything of how much she really, really loved it. I was like, "Daniel, look, he sounds fun and everything." And I remember hearing my other—I knew other people that went here—and I was like, "Yo, this really sound fun." And I was really sick and tired of being at my old school because I feel like they didn't really take acting seriously as much as I wanted them to take it seriously. I remember I was in class one time with this girl, and we were practicing a scene. We do like a—we were practicing a the scene, and for the scene it was like a page, like like seven pages. So we do a page a day. And I was trying to work on a page like an hour and a half the whole class and 30 minutes in she literally said Jabari can we be done and I said bro no we're not finna be done bro t- we've only been working for like 30 minutes and I was like I don't know that, that mindset was not something I was really with I think here at UNCSA I thought I needed to edge up and be around people that really cared about it and like you know so yeah that's why I'm here
0: definitely definitely
2: uh hello this is Davin again I can't I don't know if you can tell the difference between our voices <laughs> but uh My sister, she's six years older than me, so this was around when I was in third grade. But uh, yeah, we had moved to North Carolina, and then I think through the cello teacher in the area, uh, her cello teacher at the time recommended the School of the Arts to my sister. She was playing cello at the time, too. And so, yeah, my sister started attending the School of the Arts, and she seemed like she had a pretty good time. After two years, she transferred out to NCSSM. And then out of NCSSM, uh, she got into a really good college. Uh, NCSSM is a school of science and math in North Carolina for anyone who doesn't have that context. But uh, she seemed to be very successful with it. I thought, hey, I'm probably not going to do cello professionally, but I think going to UNCSA and then doing something similar to my sister going to the school of science and math would make me seem like a really well-rounded student for colleges. So uh, it comes time for me to go to UNCSA and I realized there is, like, a key difference between me and my sister. Uh, My sister is what some would describe as a good student, and I am what many have described (laughs) as not. And so uh, I'm a good enough student at UNCSA, but I probably would not have done well at NCSSM. Uh, I mean, I got rejected from NCSSM. And so I figured, hey, since I got rejected from NCSSM, I might as well transfer out to public school um after my sophomore year in order to take more challenging academic courses and better prepare myself for college but then COVID happened right and so public schools were completely shut down like a hundred percent i would not be taking classes i would not be learning anything but uncsa while it was functioning in a much much more limited capacity it was still functioning and i would still be able to go into classes to at least some extent, so I decided, hey, I'll just stay at UNCSA, and I moved into the dorms because my parents were doctors, and it would just be safer for everyone if I lived on campus full time, and then after living at UNCSA for a year, I discovered a new appeal to it as a boarding school, and so I just decided to stay on for my senior year, even though I wasn't necessarily, I I knew for quite some time I wasn't going professional with cello. Mm -hmm.
0: Totally, you know, on the line of that Davin, talking about kind of the residence life and being a boarding school I wanted to get you guys' thoughts um, I know that we're all all three of us are in a really really you know privileged position of be able to live at our own you know live at our own school in a boarding school like this like what is your experience with that and maybe how has it been positive to your academic life and artistic life or possibly negative uh
2: yeah I think' I'll, I think I'll start from a personal angle I think living away from home will teach you a lot of uh, very good good things common sense wise that you wouldn't learn in other places like i recently learned that when they said shower shoes they meant shoes that you wear inside the shower <laughs> <What>? instead, <laughs> what? Of, instead of shoes that you walk to the shower in and then removed when you stepped in the shower and then walked back to your bedroom in said <laughs> <laughs> but <Hey>. for like <laughs> <said> <laughs> <laughs> but uh for the first several months of uh, living here, I would shower barefoot in the public showers, oh, no, no. <laughs> and uh, I would pee
1: in those showers. But I, I think um, this is, it. I think I think my I don't know I couldn't really remember the question. You just uh, Lucas, stop talking like that, bro. Stop talking so funny. <laughs> all right, yeah, right. uh, we're uh, we're doing this thing. <laughs> I was wondering what the idea of what you're. Shut up, Lucas. Anyway, uh, let's be different for me. I think the idea of being here is just way more freedom accessibility to the more opportunities and resources than I had in my other school. And just being around more free, more people. Like, I don't have to ask my mom what time I have to be in because the school gives me that with the connector every night at 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, And uh just one major caveat to this. Uh, uh, This whole increased freedom thing does not apply on prom nights. No
1: cap. <laughs> they give you, yeah. Let's talk about that. You can't like do that. nothing, bro. That joke is crazy. I'm, 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 I've been excited for prom since I was like 11 years old. And I remember I was like, I'm going to be out all night. Until like, I'm gonna be up, I'm gonna be up till five in the morning partying. Nah, you had to like sign out, sign in. People living like, me living hungry. How she gonna sign out? How she, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's weird. Like, uh,
2: I remember, I mean, you know, obviously we had the same prom night, but uh, uh I my prom night I personally I thought I would also be going to an after party mm-hmm. you know and I would be checking out to an Airbnb. Uh obviously things did not go according to plan so instead I went to the next best thing after prom which was my house um yeah. I got a nice night of sleep in and then I went back to campus uh after waking up at 8 a.m. That was we prob- have an
1: after party though.
0: Yeah, that's probably the best choice to happen, but you, you missed out on the connector you know DJed dj by myself. DJ yeah, you Looky Luke look. Had some good response, I feel like. Had some classics planned. But, uh, so, that, you know, I think that's really interesting to kind of get everyone's perspective on living in a place like this. To my knowledge, this is the only place like this, you know, where there's a college and a high school connected like this. But on a completely different vein, you know, let's talk a little bit about balancing, you know, your artistic life and your, you know, academics here. Like, we all know that UNCSA doesn't put a lot of, you know, presence on the academics. But just I'm sure there has to be some sort of balance and kind of how you've been seeing that.
1: Yeah, I think it's way more um like as a senior I take two academic classes. Uh I don't really care about academics. <laughs> for real. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't care about like, I have not took a, I took a science class last year for the last time hopefully in my life. Uh I don't really care about a lot of the math I've learned unless it really has to do with real life or to help me in my real life. I think like I don't know I'm in math class this past year. And I think I find some of it interesting to know but like I don't care. <laughs> a little a good amount about it. So this recent stuff we've been learning, I feel like I have to know this stuff in order to like develop as a whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they give you they give you a balance. It's a it's a certain it's it's not a really balance. It's like way more arts because it's an arts conservatory. I have two academic classes like six academic. Uh, I have two academic classes like six arts classes, mm-hmm. which is like not a balance at all. But like you know it it it's something that give me way more leverage, way more freedom to like really gain my artistic side I want. Mm-hmm.
0: So and I definitely I think that I've. I found myself thinking about that in the same way, um, you know. I have no interest in being in academia. You know, I want to pursue you know performance saxophone and kind of teaching that. So I guess it's sort of in academia, but I I find that there is some classes here that really do help you like in the world. Like I know we have a, a really good stats program, you know, with with Miss George, that can really teach you how to you know check what's right and wrong in the news, and that also can help us in the future with theses and whatnot. Um, Yeah, I think that is good that we do have a balance of, you know, really helpful stuff, and then kind of we don't have a lot of like the calculus. It's not going to really help an artist in the future. Uh, But I
2: think uh, personally, for me, the academic artistry balance as a musician is so much about personal choice compared. Because with dance majors, with uh, drama people, with people who are doing visual arts, I think you're in your classes. You're in your classes a certain amount of time, and with visual arts, yeah. Um, you, you know, you can, you have a lot of work to do outside of your classes, but I know with dance and drama, like you're just in classes so much, you're so gassed. And also just by the nature of the art and how it's taught, uh, outside individual practice is not necessarily as productive as it is with musicians or instrumentalists. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, as a musician, if you want to practice a lot, you can practice. If you don't want to practice a lot, you're going to have a very empty schedule mm-hmm. and then academically uh once again this is it is fairly uh choose your own adventure you know you can take online classes do not uh but that is an option to you yeah. i took and also you can register for a heavier class load but and if you're just taking classes within the school your class load can only get so heavy
0: mm-hmm. i i really like that you know i find myself Probably in those that four walls of a practice room for about five or so hours <laughs> every day, and it's like it, it can be it can be really.
1: <laughs> I find myself between four walls of a practice room about every day, and I think that the technique is what Ch- Coltrane is
0: really teaching about. Okay, <laughs> okay, we're not talking about Coltrane.
1: Look, it sound like a dictionary. <laughs>
0: Shut up. But like, what what I'm saying is though, it's like I, I think that you know. By having, you know, musicians, it is a little bit more weird, like when it comes to class load. Um, yeah, yeah but, for sure. So I think we should probably transition to the main topic of today is the newest sketch show, Panda. So I guess introduce that, guys. Please do. Uh Yeah, so the start of Panda, I'm not sure. I, I remember this very clearly. I was
2: somewhat bored over winter break, and Jabari uh, Facetime me, and he ran a couple of ideas, not necessarily for sketch comedy, but just... Uh, things that he wanted to write and create because he was trying to expand himself as a creative person. And, you know, I thought some of them were good. I thought some of them were bad. And I thought a lot of them were just kind of mediocre. Let me the giraffe with no neck is a his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But he, he presented a lot of, like, ideas that were not great. But uh, <laughs> there was this one idea which I later found out wasn't his, but Alex's. Uh <laughs> that i thought was a little bit uh that had potential and that idea he phrased it to me he said okay two guys he doesn't he didn't talk like this uh i'm not gonna do a voice impression of him but he said okay so two guys are smoking and then uh one guy says oh this is nice what's in this and the other guy says oh that's the poop (laughs) and uh immediately i knew this is it you know and i think uh for a while i've had like aspirations of writing uh for television and writing for comedy, you know. But I I think this presented itself as an opportunity for me to concretely uh, pursue those dreams and actually, like, put something out in the form of, like, a body of work. And so I really appreciated that opportunity. And as for the name of the show, I think, and everything else, I'm just going
0: to let Jabari explain that. Yeah, what does what Panda mean? I think everyone's wondering, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, Panda, <laughs> the show's called Panda because I'm black. Uh, Alex is white and Davin's Asian, so yeah, get oh. that message there. It, oh. what?
2: If you don't understand, uh, pandas are bears that are black, white, and get it.
1: <laughs> nah, but yeah, it was funny. Yeah. It was cool because like, I already knew Alex. Alex is a genius. Alex is Alex is crazy when it comes to artistic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, his, if you look at Alex's Instagram, scroll down the past couple of years and look at his YouTube channel of like the little stuff he would do with his editing. And I remember just being around in classroom at Northwest. And we were like a ninth or tenth grade. I was tell me and show me the stuff he's doing. I'll be like, Dang, he's different. I always want to work with him and stuff like that. We've always been friends since we were like 14, but I never really worked with him. They come in here just being around Davin and knowing around like somebody that gets this type of humor I want to do, mm-hmm. or like that really gets the type of humor that I talk about. Not saying it's like you can't get it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not trying to talk like that, but mm-hmm. like I don't know, people like just to create. I think, I think on a creative level and in an in in intelligence type of level, I think Davin was one of the main was the first person i looked to here to be like i need i need you to help me with this yeah, yeah so uh
2: yeah and it i think uh the humor compatibility is a very important part and uh, let me tell you why uh back around february uh when i thought i was able to get into colleges i had this interview with a uh, princeton alumni over zoom and this was uh this was like two months or maybe like a month and a half into you know the production of panda and and the writing and everything, and so we had already written uh, the first sketch about the uh, poop marijuana, and so my Princeton interviewer said, uh, you know, do you, li- do you have anything you like to do in your free time, and I said, yes, I actually do uh, quite enjoy writing uh, sketch comedy uh, with my friends, uh, and he said, oh, uh, do you have any that you'd like to pitch to me, and at the time, uh, Poop Lunt was the only idea that we could fully finish, so I said, you know, might as well. He's a smart guy. I'm sure he'll get the joke. I'm sure he'll understand why it's funny. And so I'm talking to this, like, 70-year-old guy for, who graduated from Princeton with an established dentistry practice. And I said, yeah, so um, it starts with two friends uh, smoking what they think is cannabis, But then uh, the whole joke of the sketch is that it is actually uh, feces, and uh, he did not find that funny, and I later got rejected from Princeton
1: for entirely separate reasons. It's not even like, I don't know. Nobody, like, bro, <laughs> Poop Blunt is so, so stupid. And I
0: hate to break the news to everyone, but Poop Blunt has been taken down.
1: No, there. it hasn't. It's, it's up. It was down yesterday. Yeah, da- Alex took it down. Da- Alex took it down for a little bit because he thought it wasn't like... I don't know. He wouldn't just upload those last three skits, but he put it back up. It's back up. Yeah, it's okay. the first. It's still called the first look, but yeah, the joke okay. is ruined. But I mean, but um, if you see it, it's still kind of funny, so you should watch it. But no, like yeah. the idea of that sketch is like, it's not the most intelligent thing. It's silly and stupid. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think in some way we try to make it clever to make to catch you off guard because of how ridiculous the idea the concept is. I mean, it's like if you call it stupid, then yeah, facts idea is dumb and silly, but. If anything, you can see how clever it is and how much it catches you off guard because how silly it is, you know.
2: Also, just to give you guys, like, a, a glimpse into the creative process, and on the writing side of Panda, every, every single, like, three-minute, you know, sketch we put out, except for maybe, uh, except for one of the sketches that we've, like, uploaded, every single sketch that we've uploaded and we've, like, actually li- liked has taken, like at least like an hour an hour and a half of just like writing thinking on FaceTime it takes and this is like at a very minimum it takes like a long time debating on FaceTime with everyone pitching a lot of terrible jokes you know cutting through a lot of garbage in order to make like a decent three-minute script so it's not like we're just going willy-nilly at this you know we do think diligently about this and even just creating ideas that we want to go with you know uh and like finding a direction for ourselves, that takes a long time. Yeah,
1: the idea always starts off based off a hypothetical, like a what if, like, like 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 Alex literally said, bro, what if two people were smoking and it was poop inside? It's like or like um like the like uh, the spoiler alert, but please just watch the episodes before you watch this. The the like the one with the diaper, Alex literally s- or Davin said, <laughs> imagine he gets up and it's a diaper, <laughs> or like just. Or, like, just something, like, silly like that. Like, what if this happened What if this happened What if this happened, And it takes us time and time to write. Like, it took, us, it took us all day to write that diaper one. It took us, like, hours to write that. It took us, like, two hours to write. Like, two three hours in total to write the diaper one. But it took a late to take a break throughout the day because we had school and everything. But, like, yeah, I remember Poop Blunt being the first time we actually, like, tried to, like, I don't know, work together with something. And it was just interesting seeing all of our brains collide because I had ideas for it that they didn't like. That was really it. I liked their ideas, but they didn't like my yeah. ideas.
0: Um, so uh, I know that right now you have four published, yeah. Right now, four um, sketches. So without kind of spoiling the three biggest ones, I've just been uploaded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about an experience you had here with uh, a, a skit program that was like an in- like a week intensive that came mm-hmm. up. Uh, maybe talk about your like application process with that, and uh, maybe give us a little bit of a, a scrapped pandas uh, sketch. Uh, okay, scrapped ones. So um.
2: The sketch, the program was called uh, Emily. Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm not gonna drop her name. We, we lost. We, we <laughs> did not get in. We did not get in to clarify. But uh, this writer who had been writing writing for SNL, you know, a uh, very accomplished writer. Uh, they were coming to campus and they were running a workshop on sketch comedy. And this would culminate in a production with uh, which would involve college drama kids and design and production kids putting on a live action version of your comedy show. And we got. I'm sorry. Lucas is trying to show me something on the phone. I'm nearsighted, so this it means nothing to me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, we, so we saw this. I got an email about it.
1: Lucas got the body of Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I
2: think. Um, Lucas is 16. I don't like commenting on 16-year-old bodies, but Javari does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. But uh, but yeah. So we saw this and. I knew this was an opportunity I wanted to take. Jabari emailed me at the same time, separately, and was like, bro, we got to do this. And so, you know, we came up with what I think is like two of, were two of our strongest ideas at the time, you know? And uh, one of those we have uploaded, we have filmed, you know, edited, uploaded. It, the other one is has a lot of production needs, so...
1: The one we uploaded is called Casual Friday.
2: But uh, the other one... Uh, can I spoil this? Actually, I'm not going to spoil it, but... Uh,
1: but I think we can say because we're not on I don't think we're ever gonna do it unless we have like the highest budget. So yeah, let's share it. Get, let's share it. Gotta talk about it. Yeah, it. yeah. His idea of his idea. Um, if Willy Wonka, because Tim Burton, when Tim Burton did, okay, Tim Burton said he would never cast black actors because they don't fit his aesthetic. Um, and so he did a, a skit based off of when he did Willy Wonka. Imagine the only black actors he casted <laughs> were, uh, were, the, were, were the were the Oompa Loompas. And basically, they take on the role of like Willy Wonka being like a slave, a slave owner, and and they're like they're like capturing everything. They're trying to get off from all the kids and everything, but none of them are listening to them because they're all little ignorant white kids. That's did trying to play with that. Um, and yeah, th- we wrote that, and we also wrote the only black person to be King Batch <laughs> because King Batch is like uh, he did a lot of weird sk- vines. <laughs>
2: uh yes, and then at the end, it is revealed then that Tim Burton has been screening a trailer of this uh horrifically racist production at a Black History Month event um in order to uh help sponsor his event uh Willy Wonka's Chocolate Month um which is in,
1: Febu- which is in February <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah uh so I th- we put a lot of effort into writing it uh it took a while um, and just to clarify uh, if uh, we joke on racism in any of our sketches that we upload, the joke is not the racism. We're joking about racist people. Mm-hmm. We are making fun of racist people. And yeah. the,
1: the intention is never, like I'll tell you, our full intention is never to um, to joke on the idea of, 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 of what is happening in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's joking on the idea of, of why that's happening. Just pointing out how absurd
2: and egregious like some people can get racially. Yeah,
1: that's, that's our intention. Yeah. not saying nobody got it, but like I don't know. Like for example, the the NFT sketch that's out. If you watch it, don't I uh, don't laugh for the wrong reason. Exactly. Don't yeah. Don't 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 understand. Don't not understand the context, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not really that. If you do laugh at the wrong reasons, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's a really important conversation to have in general with comedy. So I think that
1: idea of why, yeah, if our, especially important idea to have the that, the conversation of the intensity of even writing it of like what's the point, like why are you writing it, yeah. like what do you get from doing this, what is your message trying to
0: uh, say? Definitely. So yeah. Um, you know, so I guess. You know, I think that you have a pretty I think dis- that you have a distinct style with already the little bit that you have uploaded. So what are your kind of your biggest influences? Like if they're like stand-up or, you know, people with SNL, like kind of who who is, you know, your biggest ins- inspirations for, for Panda?
1: Um, if anyone. Um, for Panda, I think, I uh, don't know, I grew up watching a lot of black comedy. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching a lot of stand-up comedy. A lot of stand-up comedy. I grew up watching a lot of... Um, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Glacius is not black, but <laughs> but um, uh, I watched a lot of SNL growing up, living color. My, I love Michael Che. Um, I know, and I know for the Davins puns one, me personally, because that was that was like one of my ideas for the Davins puns. All right, it was one of my ideas for the Davins puns one. I was inspired by I can't speak for Alex because he's not here, but I know he grew up watching a lot of like Adult Swim shorts. Uh, like too many cooks and bear watching, uh, the. Uh, so I know for the Davids Pun one, I like I wanted to do that based off an Adult Swim sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah.
2: Um, for me, uh, my influences, I think. Uh, I think I watched a lot of stand up in the early years of high school, um, and I think I just wanted to understand from a, uh like a form formula based reason uh why it was funny you know how this whole (laughs) setup punchline thing worked which kind of i I mean looking back it does kind of sound like a loser thing to talk about you know and it is kind of but i just i didn't really have like a natural understanding of human interactions and emotions you know but uh i think that was a big influence just like all the stand-up i've watched and but also i think you know there's just my own life experiences you know and yeah, I think
1: I think I've been in so many funny situations that it's like it has to be a joke, mm-hmm. and how to make those into real experiences, uh, how to make those re- excuse me, how to make those real experiences into sketches to make other people experience it is funny.
0: Yeah, definitely. I really like you know like that. Um, I guess what is, you know, what's next? If it's not maybe not just for Panda, but for for you guys separately, like you know what's This is the
1: last question. Are you kicking us off after this, bro? I guess we'll see. What? There I guess <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um,
2: So for me, depending on how things go, I'm probably going to be going to UNC Asheville this sure. fall, and uh, I'll be studying computer science uh, for the first year. I'm hoping to transfer out to a school in New York afterwards. Uh, but I think main thing for l- – I think in writing, like especially, you know, training is good. And education is good, but I think it's more about, like, uh, nepotism, opportunities, connections, and, you know, just eventually, like, lucking into making it. And I think you got to have a certain level of financial resources mm-hmm. in yeah. order to do so, you know. And so uh, I, I'm pursuing a major in comms side because it will allow me to build up financial resources while also not uh, having the uh, time constraints of pursuing being a doctor Mm -hmm. or something like that and uh that's that's uh, what I'm doing so Asheville and then hopefully transferring
0: out definitely so in if you in 15 years like your perfect situation as a writer like where where would you find yourself or where would you want to be
2: um I think uh 15 years ideally ideally like I've already recorded and put out a special uh a stand-up special Mm -hmm. and I would be writing for somewhere like SNL realistically you know just any job where i can only make money from writing and still be alive would be dope uh even more realistically there's a good chance i'm not doing that and i am still working com side jobs just because i i realize it's probably going to take a long time to make it as a writer
0: mm-hmm. well hopefully i see you in the next netflix is a joke festival, netflix is a joke so. festival.
1: Uh, i'm going to school in new york i'm going to the new school to get a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Drama to practice my acting and writing uh, and directing skills. <sighs> uh, I don't know. I'll keep writing and I'm creating. I'll keep creating art. I want to do more of film work. I still do want to act in within my own stuff and acting within other people's stuff. But in 15 years, hopefully, I'm one of the most. In 15 years, I'll be 32 years old. Hopefully <laughs> I'll be one of them. Oh, thirty three! <laughs> Damn, I'm not seventeen. Hopefully, in fifty years when I'm thirty three, I'll be one of the most like, uh, I'll be the most well-rounded artist I've ever been in my life. Whether it's the highest level of actor I can be, highest level writer I can be, highest level creator I've done, I've been put. Uh, hopefully, at thirty three, I'll be able to put on a bunch of my shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I make Afro surrealistic art uh, other than panda. Plays and musicals, and hopefully films one day, but um, I want to do that. It um, just show people like different experiences I've had, and just represent. Um, you said don't curse, but represent niggas on screen, cause they don't get representation unless it's corny. So yeah.
0: Definitely, yeah.
2: I just want to clarify from uh, from an artistic standpoint as to what I would like to talk about. I want to be able to produce stories that involve Asian people without being like, just to clarify, I'm Asian uh, before this is weird, without being, <laughs> imagine I was just a white dude, I was like, yeah, I want to write a lot of stories about Asian women, uh, no, but uh, I want to just write a lot of stories about, that involve Asian people without it being explicitly Asian, because I think we do need a lot
1: of that. Mm-hmm. I want to have the balance of writing black stories without them being black and also write stories about them being black or with them being black. I think a lot of people forget, like, I think a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of stories that are about the black uh, experience mm-hmm. that are great. Definitely. And there are a lot of stories that aren't about the black experience with black actors that are great. I want to find the balance to make that an okay thing. That's another thing I want to do. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that kind of by leaving your mark that way, you're you're doing to others what others have done upon to you. <laughs> you know it's it's i'm being serious though it's like you know the people that you you look up to so much that like by putting yourself in their shoes you can really you can change a generation it's crazy and especially at a place like here where there's so many talented people every corner and you don't know who's going to be the next you know the the next big star it's crazy
2: uh and there's also lucas
1: (laughs) all right
0: all right well thank you very much lucas is like a healthy sea otter
2: Okay, well, oh, yeah, uh, you'll see in the next uh, episodes with video.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 eventually
0: we'll video will happen. This is
2: just audio. video effort. will happen
1: with audio. <laughs> <laughs> this is only he doing an impression of somebody else. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thanks. But Lucas also sounds like someone else is doing an impression of him. Okay, let's stop, the, let's stop the Lucas slander. <laughs> let's
0: stop the Lucas slander, all right? So thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Um, This is the first episode, and hopefully – from coming forward we can get some some more representation on here um if you guys keep an eye keep an eye out for next week um i'll be bringing one of my great friends on to talk about burnout and what it really means to be an artist and you know mental health and being an artist so again thank you guys for coming out and hopefully you know we'll, we'll see you guys in the future uh, that's right opening the jar oh uh, we're out see you guys